Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link on the top menu for online edition, you will <clears throat> you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in chapter 22, Salvation and the Holy Relationship, with section 5, The Branching of the Road. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, lesson 249. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Let me try that again. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. And uh, and that will be led, as always, by friends. Let me ask you, Lori, do you have a Poetic opening for this call this morning. Why oh, I do, Lemoyne. <clears throat> I was really, really happy to find this one. Um, it's a poem from Hafiz, and I believe the title is "Can Any Beauty Match This?" It goes like this: When the sun within speaks. When love reaches out its hand and places it upon another, any power the stars and planets might have upon us, any fears you can muster, can become so rightfully insignificant. What one heart can do for another heart, is there any beauty in this world that can match this? Brotherhood, sisterhood, humanity, becomes the joy and the emancipation. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Lori.
Okay, wrong button there. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Uh, here's here's what who I have on the reading list. Is this morning I have Lori, Fran, Jennifer, Harrison, and Robin Marie. And uh, just to make sure, if anyone else joined us who would like to join the be on the reading list or just say good morning. Okay. Well, let's try again. Anyone joined us who'd like to be on the reading list or just say good morning? Uh, I don't mind. I'd like morning, to be. Karen. Yeah, please. Thank you. Okay. You're after Robin Murray. Okay. Well, I'll get us started then with Chapter 22, Salvation and the Holy Relationship. Section 5, The Branching of the Road. When you come to the place where the branch in the road is quite apparent, you cannot go ahead. You must go either one way or the other. For now, if you go straight ahead, the way you went before you reached the branch, you will go nowhere. The whole purpose of coming this far was to decide which branch you will take now. The way you came no longer matters. It can no longer serve. No one who reaches this far can make the wrong decision, but he can delay. And there is no part of the journey that seems more hopeless and futile than standing where the road branches and not deciding on which way to go. Lori. Chapter 22, Salvation in the Holy Relationship, Section 5, The Branching of the Road. When you come to the place where the branch on the road is quite apparent, you cannot go ahead. You must go either one way or the other. For now, if you go straight ahead, the way you went before you reached the branch, you will go nowhere. The whole purpose of coming this far was to decide which branch you will take now. The way you came no longer matters. It can no longer serve. No one who reaches this far can make the wrong decision, but he can delay, and there is no part of the journey that seems more hopeless and futile than standing where the road branches and not deciding on which way to go. 39. It is but the first few steps along the right way that seem hard, for you have chosen, although you still may think you can go back and make another choice. This is not so. 
The choice, pardon me, a choice made with the power of heaven to uphold it cannot be undone. Your way is decided. There will be nothing you will not be told if you acknowledge this. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 39. It is but the first few steps along the right way that seem hard, for you have chosen. Although you still may think you can go back and make the other choice, this is not so. A choice made with the power of heaven to uphold it cannot be undone. Your way is decided. There will be nothing you will not be told if you acknowledge this. 40. And so you stand here in this holy place before the veil of sin that hangs between you <coughs> excuse me, and the face of Christ. Let it be lifted. Raise it together. For it is but a veil that stands between you. Neither alone will see it as a solid block, nor realize how thin the drapery that separates you now. Yet it is almost over in your awareness, and peace has reached you even here before the veil. Think what will happen after. The love of Christ will light your faces and shine from them into a darkened world that needs the light. And from this holy place, he will return with you, not leaving it, nor you. You will become his messengers, returning him unto himself. Thank you, friend. And Jennifer? And so you stand here in this holy place before the veil of sin that hangs between you and the face of Christ. Let it be lifted. Raise it together. For it is but a veil that stands between you. Either alone will see it as a solid block, nor realize how thin the drapery that, that separates you now. Yet it is almost over in your awareness. And peace has reached you even here before the veil. Think what will happen after. The love of Christ will light your faces and shine from them into a darkened world that needs the light. And from this holy place, he will return with you, not leaving it nor you. You will become his messengers, returning him unto himself. 41. Think of the loveliness that you will see, see who walk with him. And think how beautiful will each of you look to the other. <laughs> how happy you will be to be together after such a long and lonely journey where you walk alone. The gates of heaven open now for you. Will you now open to the sorrowful? And none who looks upon the Christ in you but will rejoice. How beautiful the sight you saw beyond the veil which you will bring to light the tired eyes of those as weary now as once you were. How thankful will they be 
to see you come among them, offering Christ's forgiveness to dispel their faith and sin. Thank you, Jennifer. And Harrison. Forty-one. Think of the loveliness that you will see who walk with him. And think how beautiful will each of you look to the other. How happy you will be to be together after such a long and lonely journey where you walked alone. The gates of heaven open up to you. Will you now open to the sorrowful? And none who looks upon the Christ in you but will rejoice. How beautiful the sight you saw beyond the veil, which you will bring to light the tired eyes of those that weary now as once you were. How thankful will they be to see you come among them, offering Christ's forgiveness to dispel their faith and sin. 42. Every mistake you make, the other words that they have corrected for you. For in his sight, your loveliness is his salvation, which he would protect from harm. And each will be the other's strong protector from everything that seems to rise between you. So shall you walk the world with me, whose message has not yet been given to everyone. For you are here to let it be received. God's offer still is open, yet it waits acceptance from you who have accepted it, is it received into your joint hands, is it safely given for you who share it have become its willing guardians and protectors. Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie. Forty-two. 
every mistake you make, the other will gently And each will be the other's strong protection from everything that seems to rise between you. So shall you walk the world with me, whose message has not yet been given to everyone. For you are here to let it be received. God's offer still is open, yet it waits acceptance. From you who have accepted it, is it received? Into your joint hands is it safely given. For you who share it have become its willing guardians and protectors. 43. To all who share the love of God, the grace is given to be the givers of what they have received. And so they learn that it is theirs forever. All barriers disappear before their coming as every obstacle was finally surmounted, which seemed to rise and block their way before. This veil you lift together opens the way to truth to more than you. Those who would let illusions be be lifted from their minds are this world's saviors, walking the world with their Redeemer and carrying his message of hope and freedom and release from suffering to everyone who needs a miracle to save him. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Karen. 43. To all who share the love of God, the grace is given to be the givers of what they have received. And so they learn that it is theirs forever. All barriers disappear before their coming as every obstacle was finally surmounted which seemed to rise and block their way before. This veil you lift together opens the way to truth to more than you. Those who would let illusions be lifted from their minds are this world's saviors walking the world with their Redeemer and carrying his message of hope and freedom and release from suffering to everyone who needs a miracle to save him. 44. How easy it is to offer this miracle to everyone. No one who has received it for himself could find it difficult. For by receiving it, he learned It was not given him alone. Such is the function of a holy relationship, to receive together and give as you received. Standing before the veil, it seems difficult. It still seems difficult. But hold out your joined hands and touch this heavy-seeming block, and you will learn how easily your fingers slip through its nothingness. It is no solid wall, and only an illusion stands between you and the holy self you share. Well, thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader who would like to conclude uh, with paragraph 44? 
This is Sandra. I can read. Did you want me to conclude with 44 or did you want me to do 45 as well? I don't know. Help me out, Lori. Are, are we? I thought we were doing just one section here. Am I, am I incorrect? Uh, twi- uh, yeah, we're going through 50. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's what I know. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, do uh, 40, 44 section title and on um, to 45. Okay. Thank you. 44. How easy is it to offer this miracle to everyone? No one who has received it for himself could find it difficult. For by receiving it, he learned it was not given him alone. Such is the function of a holy relationship, to receive together and give as you receive, standing before the veil It still seems difficult, but hold out your joined hands and touch this heavy-seeming block, and you will learn how easily your fingers slip through its nothingness. It is no solid wall, and only an illusion stands between you and the holy true self you share. Chapter 22 Salvation and the Holy Relationship Part 6 Weakness and Defensiveness 45 How does one overcome illusions? Surely not by force or anger, nor by opposing them in any way. I think I need to read that sentence again. (laughs) Those two. How does one overcome illusions? Surely not by force or anger, nor by opposing them in any way. Merely by letting reason tell you that they contradict reality. They go against what must be true. The opposition comes from them and not reality. Reality opposes nothing. What merely is needs no defense and offers none. Only illusion needs defense because of weakness. And how can it be difficult to walk the way of truth when only weakness interferes? You are the strong ones in this seeming conflict, and you need no defense. Everything that needs defense you do not want, or anything that needs defense will weaken you. Hmm. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 45, 46? Yes, I can do that, Lemoyne. Thank you. Chapter 22, Salvation and the Holy Relationship. And 5, Weakness and defensiveness. How does one overcome illusions? Surely not by force or anger, nor by opposing them in any way, merely by letting reason tell you that they contradict reality. They go against 
what must be true. The opposition comes from them and not reality. Reality opposes nothing. Reality opposes nothing. (laughs) Reality opposes nothing. (laughs) What merely is needs no defense and offers none. Only illusions need defense because of weakness. And how can it be difficult to walk the way of truth when only weakness interferes? You are the strong ones in this seeming conflict, and you need no defense. Everything that needs defense, you do not want. For anything that needs defense will weaken you. 46. Consider what the ego wants defenses for. What is, what is it for? Consider what the ego wants defenses for. Always to justify what goes against the truth. Flies in the face of reason and makes no sense. Wow. <laughs> can this be justified? What can this be except an invitation to insanity to save you from the truth? And what would you be saved from but what you fear? Belief in sin needs great defense and at an enormous cost. All that the Holy Spirit offers must be defended against and sacrificed. For sin is carved into a block out of your and laid between you and its return. Yet how can peace be so fragile? It is still whole, and nothing has been taken from it. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 46 and 47? Another new reader for 46 and 47? Okay, uh, back to you, Lori. Consider what the ego wants defenses for. Always to justify what goes against the truth. Lies in the face of reason and makes no sense. Can this be justified? What can this be except an invitation to insanity to save you from the truth? And what would you be saved from but what you fear? Belief in sin needs great defense and at enormous cost. All that the Holy Spirit offers must be defended against and sacrificed. For sin is carved into a block out of your peace and laid between you and its return. How can peace be so fragmented? It is still whole and nothing has been taken from it. 47. See how the means and the material of evil dreams are nothing. In truth, you stand together with nothing in between. God holds your hands, and what can separate whom he has joined as one with him? It is your father whom he would defend against. 
Yet it remains impossible to keep love out. God rests within you in quiet, undefended and wholly undefending. For in this quiet state alone is strength and power. Here can no weakness enter, for here is no attack and therefore no illusions. Love rests in certainty. Only uncertainty can be defensive, and all uncertainty is doubt about yourself. Thank you, Lori. And Brian. 47. See how the means and the material of evil dreams are nothing. In truth, you stand together with nothing in between. God holds your hand, and what can separate whom he has joined as one with him? It is your father whom you would defend against, yet it remains impossible to keep love out. God rests with you in quiet, undefending, undefended and wholly undefending, for in this quiet state alone is strength and power. Here can no weakness enter, for here is no attack and therefore no illusion. Love rests in certainty. Only uncertainty can be defensive, and all uncertainty is doubt about yourself. <clears throat> 48. How weak is fear? How little and how meaningless? How insignificant before the quiet strength of those whom love has joined? This is your enemy, a frightened mouse that would attack the universe. How likely is it that it will succeed? Can it be difficult to disregard its feeble feeble squeaks that tell of its omnipotence and would drown out the hymn of praise to its creator, which every heart throughout the universe forever sings as one? Which is the stronger? Is it this tiny mouse or everything that God created? You are not joined together by this mouse, but by the will of God. And can a mouse betray whom God has joined? Thank you, Bram. And Jennifer. 48. How weak is fear? <clears throat> how little and how meaningless. How insignificant before the quiet strength of those whom love has joined. This is your quote-unquote enemy. A frightened mouse that would, that would attack the universe. How likely is it that it would succeed? Can it be difficult to disregard its feeble squeaks that tell of its omnipotence and would drown out the hymn of praise to its creator, which every heart throughout the universe forever sings as one? Which is stronger? Is it the tiny mouse or everything that God created? You are not joined together by this mouth, but by the will of God. And can a mouse betray whom God has joined? 49. If you but recognized how little stands between you and your awareness of your union, be not deceived by the illusions it presents of size and thickness, weight, solidity, and firmness of foundation. Yes, to the body's eyes, 
it looks like an enormous solid body, <laughs> immovable as is a mountain. Yet within you, there is a force which no illusions can resist. This body only seems to be immovable. This force is irresistible in truth. What then must happen when they come together? Can the illusion of immovability be long defended from what is quietly passed through and gone beyond? Thank you, Jennifer. And Harrison. Forty-nine. If you but recognize how little stands between you and your awareness of your union, be not deceived by the illusion it presents of size and thickness, weight, solidity, and firmness of foundation. Yes, to the body's eyes, it looks like an enormous solid body, immovable as is a mountain. Yet, within you, there is a force which no illusion can resist. The body only seems to be immovable. This force is irresistible in truth. What then must happen when they come together? Can the illusion of immovability be long defended from what is quietly passed through and gone beyond? <coughs> 50. Forget not when you feel the need arise to be defensive about anything, you have identified yourself with an illusion and therefore feel that you are weak because you are alone. This is the cause of all illusions, not one but rest on the belief that you are separate, not one that does not seem to stand heavy and silent and immovable between you and your brother, and not one that truth cannot pass over lightly and so easily that you must be convinced in spite of what you thought it was 
that it is nothing. <clears throat> if you forgive each other, this must happen. For <clears throat> for it is your unwillingness to overlook what stands between you that makes it look impenetrable and defends the illusion of its immovability. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thank you, Harrison. And uh, Robin Murray. <clears throat> Forget not, when you feel the need arise to be defensive about anything, you have identified yourself with an illusion and therefore feel that you are weak because you are alone. This is the cost of all illusions. Not one but rests on the belief that you are separate not one that does not seem to stand heavy and solid and immovable between you and your brother, and not one that truth cannot pass over lightly and so easily that you must be convinced, in spite of what you thought it was, that it is nothing. If you forgive each other, this must happen, for it is your unwillingness to overlook what seems to stand between you that makes it look impenetrable and defends the illusion of its immovability. Well, thank you, Robin Marie, and all who read um, this this morning. I think this is a perfect time to proceed directly to the lesson. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. So if you please uh, join me in giving your attention to Fran, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. And the theme that we're on is, what is the world? And today's lesson is lesson 249. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. So I shall read something, what is the world? And then we will go to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay. What is the world? The world is false perception. It is born of error, and it has not left its source. It will remain no longer than the thought which gave it birth is cherished. The world was made as an attack on God. It symbolizes fear. And what is fear except love's absence? Thus the world was meant to be a place where God could not enter and where his son could be apart from him. Here was perception born, for knowledge could not cause such insane thoughts, but eyes deceive and ears hear falsely. Now mistakes 
become quite possible, for certainty has come. The mechanisms of illusions have been born instead, and now they go to find what has been given them to seek. Their aim is to fulfill the purpose which the world was made to witness and make real. They see in its illusions for the solid base where truth exists, upheld apart from lies. Yet everything that they report is but illusion, which is kept apart from truth. As sight was made to lead away from truth, it can be redirected. Sounds become the call of God. Now we will go over to the lesson. Lesson 249. Forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Forgiveness paints a picture of a world where suffering is over. Loss becomes impossible and anger makes no sense. Attack is gone and madness has an end. What suffering is now conceivable? What loss can be sustained? The world becomes a place of joy, abundance, charity, and endless giving. It is now so like the heaven that it quickly is transformed into the light that it reflects. And so the journey which the Son of God began has ended in the light from which it came. He came. Father, we would return our minds to you. We have betrayed them, held them in a vice of bitterness, and frightened them with thoughts of violence and death. Now would we rest again in you. You created us. Now we'll do our five minutes. Lesson 249, forgiveness ends all suffering and loss.
Lesson 249, Forgiveness Ends All Suffering and Loss. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Fran. Yes, thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Morning, guys. It's Jude. I asked myself this morning, how does forgiveness end suffering and loss? And what came to me was that forgiveness merely steps back and judges not. It gives up judgment. And in the lesson, it speaks of restoring my mind to God. And that fortified what I thought, because there is no judgment in the mind of God that the truth sees only the truth, that God sees only itself, is what's restored to my mind. There is nothing in between or nothing to interfere. All my past memories, all my past judgments, based on my past experiences, my past memories, I've let go for a new, a new beginning of sight, the sight that comes from the light of God within me the light of understanding that all is one and a part of me and the same as me. That nothing is to be judged good or bad. It all merely is what it is in the unfolding of God's plan. God's plan for my salvation is to relinquish the judgment of the ego. Relinquish what the ego does not know, what it only perceives through the body's eyes. What it does not know is the soul, the unobservable, the invisible soul, that we are all one and the same and not different, which the body's eyes would distort and distract me from the truth of who I am. And the idea of loss, when my mind's restored to the mind of God, I recognize and acknowledge and claim the truth that God has given me everything, that everything has been given me. And I need do nothing to attain it, to seek for it, to find it. I have no needs and no wants. And there's nothing I can lose because God gives and he never takes away. Amen. Beautiful lesson. Thank you all for being here with me. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
I will no longer see what I thought occurred as having happened. If it happens in a dream, it has no reality to me. And the dream is everything I think I experience with my bodily senses. What I hear, what I see, what I feel. That's the ego's domain. It is not the truth. And when I apply the concept of forgiveness as the Course teaches it, then I will realize that it can't be true. I'm complete. Oh, that was just excellent, Harrison. Thank you. Yes, it was. Thank you so much, Harrison. Um, I'm having a challenge with the, you know, forgiveness and all suffering and loss. Um, I'm not seeing how forgiveness and all loss, except that I want love in a certain form and I don't get it. You know, I'm I'm still working on what is forgiveness. 
it's like one of those things that really can't be explained. Um, you know, to have love, give love, to receive love. If, if I forgive something, it means I already know there was no loss or injury. And, um, you know, how do I forgive myself for what I perceive as a loss of an opportunity to express love with someone? Except for if I can see that there was no loss because I did not express love in a particular way with a particular form, which was a particular person, I know that when someone passes or if a boyfriend breaks up with me and I feel great heartache and sadness because the lack of connection and the sharing of love with that person, I know that if it's if the grieving process is working properly, it opens my heart rather than closes it. And I feel appreciation for my family or my friends and feel the love that's there more keenly. So I guess it's only my mind that makes it up that I've lost something if I didn't have a particular relationship with someone or a relationship ends, form changes, all of a sudden it appears that I'm not sharing love with that person because there's no quote-unquote connection in this world. Um, only way. And it's very challenging, you know, to, to see us all as one. I see someone with more money and better health than I and... I make an assumption that that means that they're happier and are sharing more love because their illness isn't getting in the way, blah, blah, blah. So this is, this is a really, really important lesson and carries a lot of weight to me. And I guess the only way I can understand it is that we are all one and love never ends and it's everywhere I look if I choose to receive it. And therefore, with that knowledge, I can forgive and say, this is okay, you didn't hurt me, Um, you haven't taken anything from me. Uh, Right now, I'm I'm sitting here with some flu-like symptoms and through my intuition and the process of deduction, I figured, finally figured out (laughs) I've had too many mosquito bites. I've got some kind of bacterial infection that's landed in my intestinal tract and it's not acting like a normal flu. Um, And it's like, (laughs) how do I forgive God for making mosquitoes? So I'm having a challenge with this. My mind is bouncing all over. And my best thought is forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. Because forgiveness means giving before it's trusting God that even before I feel um, a replacement for something I feel I've lost, trusting that whatever it is I feel I need and the love that I want to experience, trusting that it really is there everywhere, I can truly let go of my hold on something to be this special relationship. And when I can forgive the loss of that special form and let it go and see it for what it is, then the love is there everywhere. So I can see how it can end all suffering. Um, And yet 
my mind still clings to, but there is a loss. That person isn't in my life, and I'm not experiencing love in that particular way. You know, each pet I have, when I feel love for them and from them, there's a particular flavor to it. There's a particular specialness in a nice way, a particular uniqueness that's theirs. And so there is a part of me that does mourn when a particular um, color of the rainbow that we all are disappears from sight for a while. And I don't know if I'll ever see that color again. <sighs> so, there is sadness. But sadness isn't necessarily suffering. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the feeling of the joy of having had something uh, tinged with the thought that says, oh, I might not have that again, but it's just the sadness in that sadness. There is joy for what was <laughs> and what can still be in my heart. So I guess um, I guess what I do see, everything is perfect and you know, I don't know the meaning of anything, but I know it's for my good. That is a form of forgiveness. And when I see that a loss is, it's really okay in that sadness, there's joy, and that, that really isn't suffering. So I guess every emotion we feel doesn't have to mean suffering if we're coming from peace. So that's my best thought. When there's loss, there is also the opportunity to connect with what the love that was there. Um, it draws our attention to it. So there can be joy and there can be a rediscovering of something, a holy instant, and it can be experienced again. And God provides endless forms for us to, to experience, quote-unquote, in this world, endless forms to experience love with. So I guess I, I've come full, full circle here. And I'm just going to find some kind of joy in <laughs> having the flu. <laughs> There's something I'll be doing that I wouldn't be doing that could bring me a greater depth of connection with that love that I am that's inside me and not outside. Thank you. And I just trust God. And trust is also a form of forgiveness. It's giving before the uh, whatever my mind perceives you know, as, as lacking. So... Thank you. I am definitely willing to trust and definitely willing to forgive and definitely willing to experience love in whatever form it comes in this illusion I'm in at the moment because underneath the illusion is the love. So thank you, Holy Spirit. I am willing and I am able. Amen. What a beautiful share. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, it was. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hey, Ida. Morning, Ida. Good morning. We're in the rehab center now, Lori. So progress is being made. Oh, glad to hear that. Excellent. Thank you.
Good morning, this is Sandra. And forgiveness ends all suffering and loss. And in paragraph 47, uh, towards the end, here can no weakness enter, for here is no attack and therefore no illusions. Love rests in certainty. Only uncertainty can be defensive, and all uncertainty is doubt about yourself. And I know that that's where all the suffering comes from in me, all sense of loss and, and any, anything, any, any suffering whatsoever comes from my uncertainty about myself. It's a questioning. Is it really true that I am completely healed and whole, that I am infinite, eternal, immortal, limitless? Is that really true? Do I really believe that about myself? Do I really believe that I am one with my Creator and that my Creator loves me unconditionally? So really the only forgiveness that I need to do is to forgive my uncertainty about the truth of who I am. I'm complete. That was just excellent, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. That was right on, Sandra. Thank you. Yeah, I think that you coupled it beautifully with what Harrison brought this morning about um, forgiveness being the unlearning, um, all the perceptions of who we think we are, according to what we've learned from the world, the, the unlearning, the undoing, so we can be restored um, to our awareness of our true self. That is what um, the final illusion of forgiveness, that we forgive ourselves for something we've, we haven't done, we couldn't do. Um, it's impossible for us to leave God. Um, we just think we can. It's our unawareness of our reality, un- unaware of uh, the fact that we all have everything already. It's accomplished. It was accomplished in our creation. We were created perfect and in spirit and soul and purely mind. And um, the miracles, the miracles of forgiveness that restore us to the awareness of perfect, perfect love's presence in, in all of God's creation, that there's no place where it, it is lacking. There's no place where it ever is lost. It's only through misperceptions that these errors and mistakes are made. And I think this, this is really important to me this morning, this idea of, of wrong-mindedness and um, the correction through miracles, through love, through God, my source, who is the source of all love, source of all miracles, that corrects these misperceptions in me and restores me to the awareness of my perfection, that I don't have to seek for anything outside of myself. All of that seeking peace and seeking love, 
seeking completion through things or people or or situations. I have to be in a peaceful place to be peaceful. Is is nonsense. It's the way that the ego seeks from a sense of lack, from a sense of loss of connection with my own perfection. I've lost the sense of myself. I'm in doubt. I'm in uncertainty. That that line you brought to us, Sandra, was right on perfect. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, from the first time I read the course, the book, um, the word, certain words popped out at me. And seems to be and appears to be in the word appearances and especially, ex, capital especially, the word beyond. And it, and it speaks of this transcendental awareness that we are consciousness itself. We are the mind of God itself. We are united in this one mind, this one heart, this one love. And that's what we're trying to accept and claim. And the uh, text speaks of this. I have to accept this truth before I can recognize it in myself. If I'm analyzing and seeking to, to get out of my ego's suffering, I'm just validating it. And I'm never going to get out of that loop. And this is what the branching of the road speaks of to me today, that I need to choose unequivocally vision and not lay it aside. It's a little toy, but it is the corrector for all illusions, seeing through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of forgiveness. And then, too, listening in stillness from a place of quiet peace for the voice, for God's response. You know, when I had this thought this morning um, that seeing is listening, the same as hearing is listening. That in, in seeing, my eyes aren't grasping for objects outside of myself. That in seeing, I'm looking to witness what will come to me if I look through the eyes of holiness. I'm listening to, to see the witness for God in everything I'm seeing with my eyes. So <laughs> oh, that's a good trick, huh? Thank you, guys. I love you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Love you, too. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. And thank you to all the nurses here where I am or where I was before. Um, and the other staff, they're so good to me. I was just feeling very uncomfortable in my bed. And they came and they, two of them, came and lifted me up on the bed, up towards the head instead of the foot. And it helped a lot. And I just really appreciate it. I just wanted to tell you guys that. Thank you. I'm complete. 
Thank you. Thank you, Ida. So glad you have the support, Ida. So guys, this is Mindy again. Um, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about um, a little bit of a feeling of loss um, and impending loss. And and you know, as I expressed to you, all those beautiful thoughts about missing the particular color, the rainbow that I'm used to seeing as a particular being in my life. Um, I had a real hard time. I have a cat who likes to catch birds and bring them in, and challenging to try to retrieve them. And um, oh, I have an opportunity for forgiveness work right now, but I'll share this in a few moments. I have another call. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do it right now. I'll be back, you guys. Thank you. It's Harrison again. Ego thought, the ego thought system is relentless. It's relentless. It's always presenting scenarios where what my eyes and senses are showing me is true. And I'm always fighting to undo what my senses are telling me. My senses are telling me that my back is hurting, that my voice is shaking. that there are things that I need to do, problems I need to solve. All of this is a product of a thought system that I embraced in my creation. In that moment, when I chose the ego thought system in place of the truth of who I am, that moment created this thought system of pain, uh, mental and emotional suffering, all the problems of the world that I perceive are a product of a thought system that I chose in place of the truth of who I am. 
the reality which are is that none of it ever happened. None of this ever occurred and it's not occurring now. That's a challenging concept for me to recognize that all the seeming suffering of my body and the world <coughs> never occurred and it's not occurring now. That's what forgiveness is for. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. That was just X marks the spot. Thank you so much. Yes, it was. Thank you, Harrison. That was great. Thank you. I really appreciated your emphasis on what a tall order it is to integrate that truth. <laughs> and uh, I think it's it may take us several lifetimes. I'm complete. Hi. I um you know, uh, ex- experiencing the truth and knowing the truth is what is always has been, always is, and always will be, that it can't be difficult to be who we already are. It's not, it's not only the ego that says it, it, it's difficult or should be difficult. It's, it's, it's the doubt and uncertainty of the ego that makes it appear to be difficult. It's, it's the acceptance, capital acceptance of the truth of the reality of God, his spirit and mind, his consciousness, awareness of itself everywhere, and that everything, everything that we perceive is a manifestation of that. And I think for me the, 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 the difference is merely one of per- who is doing the perceiving. Am I perceiving from a separate body and using my body's eyes which sees everything as outside of me or am I seeing through the eyes of Christ through God's eyes I and my father are one and seeing everything as one and in itself that love sees only itself as itself truth sees only itself as itself and this is where the the protection of the innocence, because only only the protection of our innocence that that there is no sin, there's nothing we can do wrong. Only the mistake in our self appraisal, the mistake in our perceptions of ourselves, that we are alone and that we can suffer, that we're mortal and we have a beginning and an end, that we're born and that we can die. It's all a misperception. It's a perception. And the Course speaks of this throughout the book, the end of perception. There's no perception in God. 
the end of doubt, there's no doubt in God. There is no questioning because there's nothing to question. It's all certain. God's certain of himself. There's nothing to... There's, there is... <laughs> there's nothing to choose between because there's only one choiceless choice. The truth is true. God is true. Love is true. It's all one and the same thing. And it's above and beyond what the mind can perceive or conceive. It's beyond concepts. We put these words to what we can experience. We can experience this, this unicity in this state of grace. When we relax and we let go and we just be one with it without any opposition. There's no opposition in me to anything. Merely letting God be God. Merely letting everything that is a part of God in my awareness be in my awareness as a part of God. I have to be aware of my awareness. Being aware that I'm aware is where my oneness lies. I am complete. You spoke the truth, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. You have such a way of putting putting these things into words that are understandable and explaining it. It's really lovely. Um, This is really, I'm back. And um, I was just looking back at what is the world, and it says the world is misperceptions, and this world will disappear uh, once we have forgiven which is seeing the love underneath all of the misperceptions. When we see what's real underneath it, then what is not real disappears. And I was upset because it says, you know, as soon as I forgive, the world will disappear. Um, you know, first it will be changed to a happy dream, and, and you know, we'll see the light. will be nothing but light and peace and joy. And then there will be nothing except the light in which we came from. It's like, now, wait a minute. I want my kitty. I want my flower. I want my... You know, but it's not saying that the forms that I see are going to disappear. It's saying the world, which is misperceptions, my misperceptions will disappear. And the light where I truly am, where where I came from, will be where I will be again. And uh, that, that takes away all the fear, because what if everything I look upon just sparkles in light, like certain people's visions? Um, Celestine Prophecy, the main character in that, had a moment where everything, he was one with everything, and everything shone with this light. It was no longer a um, solid form, and he felt at one with God in such peace and such joy, and, uh, you know, that is the holy instant. That's more than the holy instant. That's a revelation. That's a direct experience of God. So, you know, that's what I'm looking for. It's kind of like, um, Judy, you said earlier that um, consciousness or Christ consciousness or seeing the truth is not a toy that we pick up now and again. It's something to be committed to. And um, and that just took away all of my, you know, child with a toy who doesn't want to give up her toy, uh, you know, kind of thing. But I, I was looking at, you know, I'm able to go to the place where I can see underneath and forgive and end my suffering because I can see love. But my cats kept getting these birds, and I kept trying to save them. And the amazing thing is that I would hold them in my hands, 
not knowing how injured they were or seeing how injured they might be, or just maybe they're in shock, but I would hold them in my hands and I could feel, you know, I would think beautiful thoughts about them being a soul under God's care and that we're really spirit, not body. And I would feel healing energy come through my hands, this warmth and this heat. And the birds would respond and they would buck up. And so I would, I made the mistake of envisioning what I didn't want. Okay, I don't want this bird to be found again. And it was found because it's a fledgling. It landed on the ground. It hasn't found its wings yet. doesn't realize it needs to fly. <clears throat> and that's how my, my cat found these. They're fledglings just out of the nest. And <clears throat> unfortunately, I would choose places where they would just jump down immediately. And my cat would happen to be there. And twice the birds that I recuperated got caught by the cat again. And the second time it happened, and this, this bird, I put her outside and <clears throat> this morning, later on in the morning, oh no, I put her in a box, a safe box. I mean, it, it, it's just, what I'm trying to get to is that it pains me so much. I had my first bird in a box on the ground. I'll be darned if that bird didn't recuperate while I was sleeping. And the cat knocked the, the, the lid off the box and the next morning, the burden had died, and I felt so bad. I said, why didn't I move that box? So this time I moved the box, and the bird evidently recuperated, got out of the box. The cat found it, and it went right to the same place I found it before, and it turned out the cat had injured it the first time with a puncture wound, but, but God told me, oh, it can heal. Just, you know, it can heal. But the hard thing for me is it hurt me so badly when I put that bird out on a planter next to a tree, a hanging planter, and instead of hopping onto a branch, it hopped down. And I saw the cat come by, and it was going in the opposite direction, but I tried to grab it and take it inside. And just as I called the cat and it came back in the, towards the house, which was somewhat in the direction of the bird, the bird decides to hop down. And he grabbed it again the third time, and I heard it go, you know, whistling, and it's like, oh, my God, and I was so overcome with grief and fear and so upset with myself. I just lay on the ground and said, God, no, and I just kept praying for the bird, and I finally got that the bird was there to make me realize two, two things. Number one, the bird's going to do what the bird's going to do. The cat's going to do what the cat's going to do. That's the way it's set up. And I finally got some peace when I realized, okay, without some of the fledglings not making it, there might not be enough berries for all the birds in the winter, and they might suffer a long death of starvation. This is God's way of making sure that nature's in balance. But before I came to that conclusion, and this does relate to what is the world, because I can see how human beings can overcome with their perception, but did that bird suffer? Did that bird suffer fear? And that bird was there to teach me that I was envisioning the things I didn't want. I don't want the cat to find it. What do I do? And acting out of that, which brought what I didn't want. If I were to be in a place of forgiveness and trust in myself, and if this bird was meant to make it as it felt like it did because they had a healing, if I were to envision what I want, and instead of using the ego to figure it out and analyze, 
if I were to envision what I wanted using my creative you know ability and allowed myself to be guided from my heart you know guided from love guided from the trust and faith of envisioning this little birdie happy and free had I done that I am sure I probably would have still been guided to put it there but I would have done it I would have followed guidance. There wouldn't have been a cat anywhere around. I wouldn't have made up my mind to try and avoid disaster, which actually brought it. So I, I thanked that little bird, and I said, thank you so much for trusting me, letting me heal you twice, you know, letting God heal me, and thank you for letting me see something I'm doing in my life, which is perpetuating illusion and the unhappy dream, which is envisioning what I don't want, letting fear grip me, and then using the ego or the analytical mind instead of that, Christ consciousness that knows all and is in a place of love and peace to guide my actions. So it was an incredible learning. Yet, as I'm speaking today about the bird, I'm still recalling how much it hurt to hear that bird protest when the the cat caught it again. And it wasn't a protest in pain and fear like it was the first time I found it where it was at. And the second time the cat tried to get it after I woke up, it whistled as if it wasn't really in pain or fear, but it's like, hey, enough of this already. And it was the same whistle when the the cat got it the third time. And it's like, okay, this is the hard part for me, and I'm asking Lori specifically, how do we deal with death of animals? Um, You know, now and again, a mouse that's caught by one of my cats will be crying in fear. To me, that's suffering. And how do I trust God? You know, he's given me the means to get out of suffering with the truth. I have a brain. I can figure this out. But how do I, how do I hold animals eating each other, animals hurting, animals in pain? How do I forgive that and see beyond that? And this is where I'm stuck. Thank you, Mindy. Um, yeah, this is Lori. And I think we can probably each identify with that feeling that rises up when you see something helpless being harmed. Um, that movement in the heart that that um, that feels that kind of loss. But I'm thinking this morning of... Um, of the second part of this lesson and um, and how do I put my heart into that second part says father we would return our minds to you I think there's one unmuted line we have betrayed them held them in a vice of bitterness and frightened them with thoughts of violence and death now we would rest again in you as you created us. Um, I'm thinking of um, responsibility for sight. Sometimes it seems uh, really hard um, to release things into forgiveness. It does seem really hard because I have the habit of looking for injury, harm, Um, unforgiveness 
But two things came up while you were sharing. One of them is that beautiful lesson. Give me your blessing, Holy Son of God. For I would behold you with the eyes of Christ and see my perfect sinlessness in you. I can go to that one, um, especially when I have a hard time with forgiveness. Because I know that the blessing of the Son of God is always there. I thought about this lesson today, forgiveness ends all suffering and all the years that I spent with grief. And it never once occurred to me to ask, what is the truth of this? What is the truth of this? Um, And I don't know why it took so long, but I'm grateful that I was finally able to ask, what is the truth of this? And that for that question, Holy Spirit always gives me an immediate answer. I was thinking about forgiveness ends all suffering and loss today. And and besides, give me your blessing, Holy Son of God, that I may see my perfect sinlessness in you and behold you with the eyes of Christ. Um, Would you apply that to the cat? Would you apply that to the cat or the bird? Or yourself in this situation? question came to my mind the answer to forgiveness is Lord do you believe in sin do you believe in death do you believe in separation from God because forgiveness is the illusion that ends illusions and all illusion is the belief that there's anything separate from the heart and mind of God or my own that's the problem that is the essence of the problem that I have a belief that anything is less than holy or perfect and so when I let my mind ask a question you know for the longest time I I sat with what is forgiveness while it sits and waits and judges not thinking what is my part what is my part what is my part the real question is what is God's part what is God's part and when my mind comes back to alignment with the truth that everything is utterly holy and everything is contained within the love of God what has really occurred is the recognition I no longer believe that there's such a thing as sin that's why forgiveness is the illusion that ends illusions Um, sometimes the easiest way is not what is my part but to ask my mind a question and recognize just as it says in the second part of this lesson father I would return my mind to you I have betrayed it I've held it in a vice of bitterness and I have frightened myself with thoughts of violence and death what is the question that this is asking me what am I doing with my mind can I return my mind to God do I believe in sin do I believe that there's anything less than perfect and the answer to that the answer to that is no I don't believe that 
can I let my mind return to that truth? Do I have the habit of seeing anything as suffering or loss? Yes, I did. I had that habit because of fear. Mm -hmm. But love corrects that. Love, the love of God corrects all of that. When I say I no longer believe in sin, I am declaring that I believe in the love of God. That's my declaration. That's my uh, truth. That's where I stand. Um, There are many things that occur in this life that I will never understand, nor is it given me to be the one who understands. But it is given me to be the one who rests in the mind of God. That much is certain. Um, The other thing that occurred to me while you were sharing, Nidia, you said the word yourself, trust. There's a beautiful quote um, as regards trust. And it is this, trust would solve all problems now. Trust would solve all problems now. Um, That's another place I go when I'm afraid that love hasn't taken care of something. It's my fear. It's my fear. But love takes care of everything. And I needn't be concerned about anything except can I trust that? Do I believe that? Will I let go of the vice in which I'm holding my own mind? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of good stuff in here. Um, Yeah. And like Judy said, am I willing to trust that I can be my, let God be through me? And there are things we will not understand. It may take lifetimes to get to the place of enlightenment. But um, thank you. That was helpful. And if I can trust that even in pain, there's God. Um, I can find God in pain. I can find love in pain. Why, why would we not have given that to all creatures? Why, you know, remade the appearance of singular people and singular animals and needing to eat to sustain these forms, which is not who we truly are. But God and the Holy Spirit put the remedy right there. Love is there and present in every illusion, including physical pain. So, um, thank you. Thank you. And it's interesting that there was a bird cawing in the background. <laughs> there was a bird cawing in the background as you were talking and uh, saying, hey, it's okay. And it's okay. Yes, I, I get upset too. I'm calling because there's probably a cat. I'm calling to warn people. But you know what? This is how there is an agreement among all living things to heal from where we are to where we truly, who we really are. There is an agreement. And I can trust that love is there in every circumstance and continue to trust that as I ask, my mind will be brought around to truth and my heart will be able to be open and I can let go of fear and have appreciation for this process that we're all in of knowing God's love. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I know we're near the end of our time to end the, the call. And I guess if there's anything, I could maybe share one more thing once we're done. But I really appreciate what you said, Lori. Thank you. God's got a plan. Okay. <laughs> yes. Or we should say God has a plan through us. 
Oh, boy. So the, the best thought that I can take away from that is that even in the moment that that bird called out saying, you know, oh, you know, I don't like this, you know, enough already, calling out to God, calling out to me, who knows what, um, even in that moment that appeared to be um, fear, I know that underneath that was love. And that that was just a passing illusion. And that really does help. So that's my best thought while I go get a cup of coffee so I can get grounded here literally. Um, thank you. I definitely would like to comment on a couple of things you said, but I'm noticing that it's after 11, and I myself appreciate when the phone call ends at a certain time so we can hear your closing and move on with whatever it is, whether you know we have to leave the call or not. So I'm going to say I rest right now. And Thanks, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. You know what I Thank always... Thank you, Lori. I, can I just say something? Just um, for two seconds, because I've been getting calls from the hospital constantly. Uh, the call ends. Second, to say something. Well, go ahead, Karen. Well, I didn't want it to be on the recorded part. So I'm waiting. Okay, well then you have to wait. <laughs> What'd you say, Lemoyne? Oh, I invited Karen to go ahead, but she didn't want to be in the recording, so I said you'll have to wait. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess I could <clears throat> dump on it abruptly. But uh, I was kind of struck by the echo of the end of the last chapter. It's still, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it, this is the fork necessarily because <laughs> I think the fork in the road is is uh, <clears throat> a trick of our own mind really I had thought earlier to to bring the words of, don't keep occurring to me <laughs> the words of the great American sage Yogi Berra who said if you come to the fork in the woods take it <laughs> and uh which is kind of what he's saying here. He's like saying you can't, you can't not, you know, pick a direction here. <clears throat> Continue the same way as you go nowhere. And uh, well, one thing I got a real sense of t- today, at least from the lesson, is this vice of bitterness and how. Yeah, what I think I need to do, whether or not I'm recovered from um, last last week's illness, which is 
seems to linger is uh, anyway, you know, the 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 bit of my fear and need to plan and thinking of how hard it is to do just this one thing. It, it was all just slowly turning and cinching down the bitterness of struggle in life and uh, that I really do it to myself. And <clears throat> this is a, this is an answer to uh, what it where the last chapter ended up. Uh, see if I can find it. There it is. Which is uh, it serves now. Well, it's not an answer, but you know this is. A reminder again of what it asks, of what it points out, is that that what perhaps what, and this is another answer to what forgiveness is. Is that last sentence says the definition of forgiveness is to say, I have asked that nothing stand between the holiness of my relationship and my awareness of the home. So, this, I think, is what he's trying to point at today, where the, the truth needs no defense. And it is our defenses and our, our defense against fear becomes the excuse for bitterness. Um, And uh, the bitterness against life, which which is all founded on the false view that somehow I'm separate, and and yet <laughs> I I think this is a this is something I need to continually remember, and not forever, but maybe work with quite a while as. It, maybe not. Maybe it, it, the realization is so simple. But that, you know, I think I have to deal with all these things alone. But, you know, the way the world, that the world is appearing to, uh, or, you know, I don't mean it's like a single thing, but, you know, whatever it is about the world that seems to challenge and demand sacrifice or struggle is uh, all that seeming demand it comes from this view of separation and I don't know why it's just, just so crazy to insist that I'm alone and then feel put upon by a world which would say then that I am not alone, you know. I have nothing else. There's a relationship there. And the way that I frame that relationship gives it all its meaning it has. You know, is it, is it the reason to continue to 
tighten that vice of bitterness, or could I just just let it go and understand that you know what seems to press in is is uh, is just is really that same relationship that underpins everything, and it only appears difficult because I have chosen the bitter view of separation. Anyway, I'm complete there. Lori, do you have a a closing either either from your heart or one of your poems to just tell? I do. I do. And what a gift this is this morning for each of us. Uh, It's a little tiny piece from Moji. Sometimes you feel you are knowing less and less, but actually something is expanding more and more. You are experiencing more of yourself, although you didn't become anything at all. These are paradoxes that cannot be easily explained. Trust. Observe. Be still. You are coming to the edge of your personal preferences. You are falling into the abyss of your own limitless self. Confirm inside your heart. I am here only for this. In choosing freedom now, you are chosen forever. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, everybody. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everybody. I'll end the the recording, but not the call. Yeah.